You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. You're in Socks in the Basement. My name's Chris. Dave is off on the weekends, although I may be able to get him in here next week when we do it live, just in time for postseason baseball to be upon us. That's right. We will be live next Saturday. Listen to Socks in the Basement on Wednesday and keep following us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Get the details. But you can join us live through the Podbean app. The link will be available to anybody that follows us on social media. And you can always go into your device, download Podbean for free, subscribe to Socks in the Basement, and you'll get a notification when we go live. You can call us right through the app just by hitting a button or join us in the chat room. We're going to do a live show for Socks in the Basement Saturdays next Saturday. And of course, the regular Wednesday episode comes up a little bit later on this week. But we finish off a week that brought the White Sox to the postseason for the first time since 2008. Absolutely incredible. I didn't think I'd be super excited. And then when that last inning came along, I got really, really excited. And when you think about how long it's been since the White Sox went to the postseason, I mean, it was 08. It was a long time ago. And and there was a generation of fans that were little kids who are now like 18 years old, 20 years old, young White Sox fans. This is probably the most excitement they've really felt. I mean, in 83, I was six, but I never have fond memories of it. So if you were six in 2008, you're an 18-year-old right now. You're pretty pumped, and I love it. Get excited. This is going to be fun. I don't care if it's extended. I don't care if it was a short season. I don't care. You make it through this, it counts, baby, and it's going to be an awful lot of fun. Thinking about that all this week, though, I started thinking about socks in the basement. We started this podcast at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement here on the south side of Chicago, May 25th, 2018, and that feels like so long ago. The Sox mired in the middle of a rebuild. Two buddies sitting down at a bar, hanging out, drinking beers, talking White Sox. Since then, we have grown exponentially. It's only because of all of you. We've been very, very fortunate that so many people tune into Sox in the basement and enjoy the 30 minutes of Sox that we bring you each and every episode. First, it was each and every week. Now it's two times a week. And we really love what we do. Uh, we love our sponsors like Family Waterproofing Solutions. And I'm going to give them their plug. You know, I got to do it, man. And, I, and I'm proud to be able to do it because they've been with us now for a while. And they're Sox fans. They're Southsiders. They cover all of Northern Illinois and Northwest Indiana. Uh, they're veteran owned, female owned, family owned. They give a portion of the proceeds from every job, the veteran and first responder organizations. They got Socks in the Basement deals, FAMWS.com, Family Waterproofing Solutions. Great sponsors. They've been with us for a while, hopefully for a long time in the future. We love them over there. Give them some love when you need some help with your foundation, your basement, anything you need. Just go to that website, FAMWS.com. We've grown a lot. The White Sox have grown a lot. And I had this thought after they made it into the postseason for the first time in 12 years that it would be fun to go back on Socks in the Basement Saturdays on this episode. And just listen to a few snippets, mainly from 2018, two years ago, 
in a season when you never knew when the rebuild was going to end. And there are some really interesting observations that we made, and I'm kind of focusing on the ones that didn't work out the way we thought they were going to work out. There's a few of them that did. There's a few of them that I nailed early in 2018, in June, after Lucas Giolito had looked solid in his little bit of time that he had spent in the majors with the White Sox the year beforehand. I noticed a really disturbing sign, and this is from that show. I'm more encouraged seeing a guy come back in his second year, get another opportunity, and have currently at this time an ERA that's 2.22 and a whip that's under 1.30 than I'm encouraged by a guy who's going backwards like Lucas Giolito, who's the exact opposite now. Right. Giolito yes. now is looking bad. And the worst thing about the Giolito thing is his first taste of pitching, okay, when he when, when he came to the majors with the Nationals, he had a high whip. And was ineffective. He came out last year and he's at the end of the season and he has a good whip, but he's basically playing against September call-ups in non-pressurized games. Correct. He comes back this year and he's not playing against those guys that probably should be in the minors and he's not getting those little breaks in the lineup and his whip is swelled back to exactly what it was when he was with the Nationals. That is concerning to me. I, 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 I am ex- I, As much as I am excited about seeing a guy like Dylan Covey go, okay, I think I figured this out and I'm doing something I'm effective even in a small sample size, the Giolito thing scares the crap out of me because if you now look at his whole his 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 range over the last three years, you see a tendency where it might have been an, an abnormality last year when he had a low whip, and in reality, he might not be a very effective pitcher. Turns out we were right. Lucas was on his way to his worst season with the White Sox, but we got pretty lucky because he did a few adjustments in the offseason, came back, and the man's a stud now. Later on that 2018 summer, Dave and I sat down and we talked about two different players on the White Sox. And at the time, there was an interesting discussion going on. Who would you rather keep on your team long term? Jose Abreu or Avisail Garcia? Avi had had a huge 2017, was injured to start 2018, had come back, and so far, early on there in July, looked like the stud that we saw in 2017. Check out which one of us nailed it and which one of us was way off. If if somebody came to you and said, I have this prospect package and I want to give it to you. And there was somebody in there that you you liked. And you're the general manager of the White Sox. We're talking and like a top 10, top 20 I don't, MLB I don't know prospect. What, I okay, don't know what whatever. Whatever sure. they're offering, you like it. Okay. And they said, but I want either Abreu or Avi Garcia. And you would get the same package. For Abreu or Avi Garcia. Like, during the negotiations, it's come down to the fact they're just looking for a hitter. And they're actually willing to take either one of them for the same package. And you like the package. Which guy would you trade? (sighs) Garcia. Really? I think so. You would trade Garcia? I do. So you're trading a guy that's still in his 20s, still in his prime years. Late 20s, though. Late 20s. I think he's 27. So I mean, like that—that's uh, he's not—he's not older than that. Okay. Okay. So I—I I, I think he was 26, turning into 27 this year. I'd have to look that up, but I, he's right in that range. And Abreu is about 31. Okay. And you're trading Avi Garcia. Why? A couple of reasons. Um, as I had mentioned before about Abreu, so Abreu has been nothing but consistent since he's been here. Okay. Abreu will just about give you. 25 to 30 home runs and 100 RBIs just about every year, okay? And and he's been doing this since he's been here. Um, the other reason I keep Abreu around is if you are 
getting to that point where the young talent on this team is ready to win. So let's say it is 2020 or 2021, and the the team is primed to be contenders. To me, you're going to need a veteran leader like Jose Abreu on this team somewhere. I, I don't know if I see Avisail Garcia as that veteran leader type. That's reason number one. Now, reason number two is that as far as Avi is concerned, we've only seen a year and change now because we're talking all of last year, right? Right, where okay. Avi was just insane, and the time that he's been back from injury this year, where we've seen what Avisail Garcia is advertised to us to be. Because remember, he was advertised as the second coming of Miguel Cabrera. Okay. It, it he's maybe there now. I mean, we certainly saw that last year. We're starting to see it this year, but up until that point, we have not seen that out of him. See, but I think that I think that you and other White Sox fans have discounted Garcia because he didn't come in and he wasn't awesome as quick as you wanted him to be awesome. Okay? Think about it this way. The, the adage has always been, and I have seen the stats now, a lot of sabermetricians will show it to you, where the prime years of a ball player, when it finally clicks for him, is at 26, 27 years old. And that's just where it happened for Garcia. I just looked it up while you were talking. He's 27. Okay. Okay. Abreu's 31. He had his 26 year, was his breakout year. And if he doesn't get himself hurt at the beginning of the year and he's not dealing with his hamstring thing... If you if you if you believe that that was his breakout year, he's building on it now since he's gotten back from the injury. Right. So my thing is, you're in a rebuild anyway, and you're not competing next year now in his 28 year and Abreu's 32 year. Okay. And now Abreu's 33, Inch. or maybe even 34, because if you don't, if this doesn't come together as quick as you want it to, and it might not, 33 in 2020 and a 34 year old player in 2021. That's when the decline is happening to players. Okay. See what I'm saying? Right. So my thing is, I don't think he's going to be the effective guy you have now when it counts, whereas Garcia could. And I also have always felt that Garcia is not a right fielder. He's not an outfielder. Okay. I've never, I don't think that's where he ends up. I think Avi Garcia is playing first base. In really, three years. Really? Not, I think not, I not, not DHing. No, I think he's standing at first. Dave killed it on that one. I accept my mistakes. In 2018, we did an awful lot of arguing with Sox fans that did not like the rebuild, who didn't believe we would get to this point. On the 8th of August of 2018, Dave recounted a story, and I remember a lot of this going on during that time, back before we ever could dream of a 2020 postseason berth. Take a listen. So, once again... I find myself at a party. Well, I don't find myself at parties often, but when I do, I seem to always find myself at parties with old, angry, ill-advised, ill-informed White Sox fans. All right, so what happened? Well, so long story, short story long, I get into an argument with, you know, a couple of my cousins who are much, much older than me. And they're all drinking and being angry, and they weren't typing anything, but I'm pretty sure if they were typing, they wouldn't use any punctuation, about how we got screwed, Chris. Maybe you didn't know this. We got screwed in the Chris Sale trade. And because, how do we get how do we get screwed in that trade? Because we traded according to, you know, according to the throng of people that I was arguing with. 
we did not get enough for Chris Sale. We only got prospects for Chris Sale. We did not get any major league ready players for Chris Sale. You just traded away the best pitcher in baseball and we got nothing for him. What did they think we were supposed to get for Chris Sale? They wanted a major league ready player, Chris. We didn't get enough for Chris Sale. Okay. Now, forget the fact. Now, I so I know what you're going to say. Well, I know what you're going to say because because we've talked because we've talked about this. This is what I was told. Give me some ammunition, and I fired it off like I was doing something else, and I just was like, send. And Eric is like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I just needed to answer a a question for Dave." It took me a few seconds to remember what we got for Chris Sale off the top of my head. So we got Yoan Mankata, the the best prospect in base, not the best prospect in the White Sox farm system, but the number one prospect in all major league baseball. That's who we acquired, okay? yes. That's who we acquired, who is still only in, who apparently everybody has already considered a bust. Even though he's only played a 162 six, games. 600 at bats. 600 at bats. He's a bust. And 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 he, he mirrors uh, Rizzo when he first came. I, I you yes. always use Cubs things because... It, just because of the fact that we're in the same town. Right. And people watch the Cubs do their rebuild in recent history and what the result of it was. So that's why I, a lot of times I'll go back to what a Cubs player did because it's the easiest reference, I think, for people, even if you're a casual fan, because you're inundated in this in this city with, with Cubs speak. You it, see, it, the, the, the but, press but loves here, the Cubs, the North Side loves the Cubs, the rich people love the Cubs. Yeah, but you know who doesn't love the Cubs? I don't. Well, no, but you know who else doesn't <laughs> love the Cubs? Angry old, ill-informed, ill-advised White Sox fans. I, I, who, I makes that, who, who exactly I was talking to. So so you can't bring up Cubs statistics because then if you start, as soon as you, as soon as you bring the Cubs into the conversation, now you're not a true White Sox fan because you know something about the Cubs. Now, yeah, how you know those stats about those North Siders there, guy? You, know, you go back to the North Side and, and you, you, go, you go watch your team up there, you jag. Like I mean, seriously, but you're right. So, so, so we got Mankata, okay, best prospect best in baseball. Best prospect in baseball. Only 600 at bats, okay, which is, still has comparable stats to uh, Baez, who I've seen comparisons. Baez, and he's also has comparable stats, stats to, to what Rizzo, Rizzo, like Rizzo was doing. Okay, exactly. fine. Two so we got players. so we got another top ten, actually one of the top pitching prospects in baseball by the name of Nukla Lush. Okay. Okay. I, I call yeah, him. I yeah. call, to, Michael Kopech. I call. I call. One, I call Michael Kopech Nuke Lelouch. So any of you, any of you old baseball fans who like have seen the movie Bull Durham. Okay, Michael Kopech is Nuke Lelouch. Socks in the basement, listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. 
You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Trip down memory lane for Socks in the Basement Saturdays. Remember, you can go back and listen to all the old shows if you want to. I just wanted to grab a couple of highlights. Show how far we've come to get to the postseason. It's fun to look back, listen to the things we were right about, the things we were wrong about. Why don't we hear from somebody who talked about the White Sox back in that year, in the first year of Socks in the Basement, right in the middle of the rebuild, and see if they were right or wrong? Because we were all a little off, if not way off. Jason Benetti joined the show in December of 2018 in Socks in the Basement. Here's a snippet of that. I just like that the Sox, you know, the I haven't I haven't talked to Jim Tomey about it, but it seems like it's true that Jim Tomey headed out to talk to Bryce Harper. And I like that, uh, you know, the Sox who sometimes have gotten a reputation in the last year for like, okay, you know, this is just going to be another rebuilding season and they're not going for it. I, I think this organization is always interested in high-level players. And frankly, for me personally, having had Bryce Harper in AAA when I was in Syracuse, when he was first coming up with the Nationals, I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan. That we're hearing Bryce Harper's name attached to the Sox, it seems like the Sox have interest as well. So I think that's an exciting thing for all of us. Hey, Jason. Dave here. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jason. What moves would you personally really like to see the Sox make this offseason? I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm not big into I really want them to get blank because until you get to know the person, you don't really, truly know them. I, I'm sad to see Omar Narvaez go. He was a great story of a kind of reclamation of the Sox using the rule five draft to a very strong result. He's a good guy and I'll miss being able to drop wire references. <laughs> uh, that keeps me up at night. Omar. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was a big fan of his personally too. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously with Kevin Smith gone the, the catching spot is intriguing. Sebi Zavala, Zach Collins. We know the name JT real Muto uh, seems to be on the trading block, but I don't, it doesn't seem like the Sox are right now in the mode of wanting to trade prospects that they just stockpiled. So, you know, he, I, I think he's a great player and I'd be interested in watching him 162 days out of the year. And it's fun to sit down and listen to this stuff and how intense we were about it a few years ago and then realize that it all paid off in the end. I feel like I've been through a battle just like every one of you White Sox fans out there feel like you've been through a personal battle with this team. It feels good to be at this point. Dave and I always refer to my feelings on Tim Anderson and my feelings on Yoan Mankata. Before the 2019 season began, in March, after the Manny Machado debacle on this show, I told people what I thought about both of them, and Dave shared his thoughts as well. I'm happy I was right about one of them, and I'm happy I was wrong about the other. I'm talking about Yo-Yo and Tim Anderson, back when we were stuck in a rebuild. Take a listen. And it's a big blow to the organization if Mancada is not what you need him to be. And this is the year where you find out if this is what he is. I said it all last year. It's his first year. I'm not counting the Boston stats. He got called up in kind of a weird situation, thrust into things when he probably wasn't ready. I'm okay with that. I I will discount last year, rookie season. Rookies have problems. We talked about the comparison between him and Lewis Brinson, another big prospect that was up in uh, um, Milwaukee and got traded to the Marlins, and the Marlins stuck him out there because they're like, we're in a rebuild. And he had a terrible year down there. And now he's down there with the Marlins, and he's having a great spring. Just like right now, Mancata's having a great spring. I'll, I'll look up his stats right now, but Mancata is having just a a massively good spring. He's got a uh, OPS over a thousand. 
at 1.098. He's hitting 370 right now. He's got 27 at-bats, which means he's playing right up at the top of where guys are playing. Like, if you're looking at how many at-bats have been handed out in these games, Anderson, Moncada, Engel, Leary Garcia, Yonder Alonso, these guys are getting a lot of at-bats, okay? Okay. A lot of guys getting at-bats out there, getting time at the plate. The guy that I'm most interested in is Robert. There's articles that people are writing like he's having this great spring. He's got 11 at-bats. Because they know he's not in the plan for this yeah, year. Yeah, but how is it a great spring? Like, what is he doing? No, it's not, that, that, dude. It brings just, about these articles that I'm reading online about what a great spring he's having. He has 11 at bats. It's all of the, dude, it's all, it's like you said, it's all of the media trying to sell you on this team when all this is going to be is just another throwaway year. I've said, you know, I've said it before. All I could, all I found this week on my feed is just, you know, rosy colored glasses, rosy colored glasses, rosy colored glasses. I, eh, sorry, not buying it. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a seventy win team at best. The bullpen will win games that you lost last year. No, but it, yes, but in the end, I I still don't I don't get the fact that you're totally cool with Yomer Sanchez going out there and being your second baseman. I just I don't see when that's going to happen. Like, when do you? Really Are you talking be- about the organization or the fans? No, the organization. I don't know. I, I, look, fans are going to believe what fans want to believe. Fans always fall in love with a player. There are fans that have fallen in love with Daniel Polka, and he's a nice player. Seems like a great guy. But if we're going to win a World Series, Daniel Polka is not a no. major factor. No, he may not even be on the team. There are fans that are in love with Yomer Sanchez and his antics, but he's never going to become all of a sudden a great hitter. He's never going to become like that that linchpin in your lineup that all of a sudden you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, thank God we got that guy. Don't ever let him go. It's not happening. You know, the litmus test should always be along the lines of, could these guys play for the Red Sox? Could these guys play for the Yankees? Could this guy play for the Astros? You know, the ask, Dodgers. The Dodgers. Ask that question. Would these guys make that team? Does Yomer Sanchez, is, does he have a spot on one of those teams? Does, does Polka have a spot on one of those teams? Does Adam Engel have a spot on one of those teams? Uh, no, 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 and no, no. In fact, Tim Anderson struggles to be on those teams for all the accolades that he gets. He struggles to be on those teams. Right, he's a utility guy. You best on those teams. I mean, seriously, look at, look at those teams. Is Tim Anderson even close to DD Gregorius or Xander Bogarts <laughs> or Xander Bogarts? Wow. Is he even close? Is he even close to, um, whoever the Dodgers trot out at shortstop generally seems to be pretty good. Who they got? They got, uh, they got Corey Seager. Okay, I, yeah, stop. I, I don't know. Yeah, does he have that? Does he have that same potential? I I don't really believe that. Some people might. Is he Carlos Correa? No, standing at shortstop for the end. No, no. Is, that, is that what he is? No, no. Okay, so so he's not any of those guys. Now, now the argument would be along the lines of okay, well, you could still have a shortstop that's good defensively. I I don't know if he's good defensively. He's not good defensively. Even though, if we've he, seen it. And, and, so if he just does well enough, and he does the stats that he's doing, and he's Fairly, he's above average defensively. You can make up for that if you have other guys that, that are great at positions, right? Okay, well, the guy standing next to him, Mankata. No, because if Yohan Mankata goes out there and bats 230 again, okay? Cancel and the then, rebuild. And push then, it back yeah, two more well, years. Basically push it back push two it to back three two more years. If Anderson goes out there and, and you know, hits 240 again and he's kicking the ball all over the, right. the infield, guess what? Those are the those are the two guys. Those are two of the main guys that this White Sox team is trying to sell you as the cornerstone of the rebuild. I was saying this last week, right? Where you've got 
Sox fans on on Twitter and Facebook talking about, yeah, Mancata and Anderson, that's going to be uh, the Jose Altuve and Nolan Arenado of this team. No. Go look up Nolan Arenado's and Jose Altuve's stats in their rookie years and compare them to Mancata and I, listen, Anderson. But here's the thing is, I'm not, you are, you're done. You've already decided it's impossible for them to be that. I'm saying that if you need something to root for this year is that you start to see that. In fact, forget start to see it. You no, have you to need see to see it now, this you, year. You need Mancata to come out and hit in the high 200s, like 290 to 300, okay? Or, and, if he go, and if he hits 280, he better have 30 bombs. Right. You see what I'm saying? And 30 stolen bases. Right, and, it, and, and that's, that, that's what you need. And if you don't have that, you, what, it, what are you selling next year? Because now you're going to have to go out and you're going to do a bidding war for Anthony Rendon, who luckily still hasn't signed an extension. Right. But, I mean, it could happen at any time. Or you're going and grabbing Josh Donaldson. You're right. hoping he proves it with another team. That team doesn't sign him, and then he comes out in his free agency, and you're able to get him. And at what point? I mean, your options what, have dried up in free agency. I mean, really, the picture has changed so much in the last six weeks that I don't think people have really kept track of how quickly the picture has changed. And we've been trying to kind of to explain this over the last couple of shows. The the picture has changed so much where teams are realizing they have to sign their stars and not let them get in the free agency. The players are afraid to go into free agency because it's a complete disaster right now. The way that the collective bargaining agreement does not work for them until everything gets changed. And the White Sox, even though they have oodles of money, stacks of cash, they're they, sitting on. They won't spend it. It's not about not spending it. They won't give the years the players want. Players want security. Moral of the story is you're gonna have to you're gonna have to build from within because you're not going to get the big fish free agent. No, you're not. But the thing is, is that you're not gonna be able to build from within at at, at specific certain, keystone positions. Right. Okay. Because they're too I thin. They're I too thin. They're too thin. They're at too short. thin at short. They're too thin at third base. They're too. They're too thin at, at second. I mean, really, Mandrigal comes up and doesn't work out. Yeah. What do you do? See what I'm saying? Right. They're not like. Remember when the Cubs were rebuilding? I know it's a dirty word, and people get upset when you say that. Oh, stop but it! But they were they were flush with middle infielders. Okay, Baez was a middle infielder. Amora was a middle infielder. They already had Castro sitting in the middle infield. They they filled up with middle infielders, and there were guys that they moved eventually to the outfield, but were middle infield depth. We are different. We have outfielders. And they're not moving into the middle infield. No. If we end up with four great outfielders, one of them's on the bench or gets traded or gets stuck at AAA. See what I'm saying? Right. They're not com- that outfielder's not coming in to play the infield. I mean, unless you're you start unless you start trading all of these outfield and pitching prospects too. The White Sox are always very uh, deep in pitching prospects. Unless you start trading some of these prospects for middle infielders. Well, that's what you're going to have to do. And that and that's going to be that's why this season is again, the whole season hinges on Yoan Mancata, right? Because he's been he is the guy that he's they the are key. selling you is the cornerstone of this part. rebuild. Forget the selling part. No, I but know he you, is. No, but I he know is the angry. cornerstone Look, of the rebuild. We're all angry at the organization, but let's let's just talk just baseball. Forget the organization for a second. Okay, just talk about it. If all of a sudden you walked in tomorrow with a barrel of cash and you bought the White Sox. <laughs> okay, I can you dream. fired Kenny. I can dream, can't you I? You walked in with your barrel of cash. You bought the White Sox. Kenny walked in and said, what's going on? And he goes, and you just go, get out. That's all you say, get out. You just hit a little button on Jerry's phone while Jerry's standing there in shock and be like, security, bring this man a box, get him out of here. Okay, and, and on the way out the door, tell all your cronies I'm coming for them later. 
You're really old you're, style from you're, out you're really you're really making me smile now. Okay, but anyway, so, go ahead. So anyway, so <laughs> if you have the organization and you're starting this year, like tomorrow you own the White Sox and your free agency is over. And even if you have total control as general manager, like you decide I'm going to be the GM, whatever it is. You can't do anything right now except sit back and watch and see what happens. Right. And hope Mankata works out. And hope Mon- and if he doesn't work out, you now have to make moves to bring in middle infielders. Because we've talked about this before. The, the free agent class is not going to make you very excited. I mean, like Rendon is the is the goal next year. But if if Mankata works out, they're not going to go after him. Right. They are so thin. They are razor thin. I know people sit there and they go, oh, man, we're not thin. We got Mankata third. We got Anderson at short. We got, you know, we got Yomer, you know, we got we got this rookie. We got that rookie. We got we got we got Mendick down there. He's having a great spring. Oh, yeah, I read that, too. He's having a great spring. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. I'm telling you right now, this will be the bane of White Sox fans existence. The infield. If these guys don't do something this year. If Johan Mangata is inept, if Tim Anderson does not take another step forward, we're in trouble. And then fast forward to right now, late September 2020, and look how far we have come. You know, trip down memory lane and all, some interesting takes in there, some good, some really bad ones over time. I'm glad I had faith in Johan Mangata. I'm glad Tim Anderson had faith in himself, because as we said, they were the key. And their 2019 probably led to the free agency class that we went out and got. How quickly things turned around. Now we look towards the first postseason in 12 years. Socks in the basement back on Wednesday, live on Saturday. Thank you for being along for the ride with us. There is so much more to come. This is our decade, baby. Thanks for joining me on Socks in the Basement Saturdays. A look back found everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.